Join the big show Friday at the warehouse from 2 to 7 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom. Oh, come on. <laughs> Give Boom! some energy. There you go. <laughs> It's time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler-Jack. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan. <laughs> How's the golf game this morning? Four! <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I like to play. Heads up, man. Heads up. It takes a lot of balls to play golf like Craig sure Bowler-Jack. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably good for at least six. Six lost ones. It depends on the course, but I just yeah. And then you just kind of get in the mode where you don't even worry about walking out to try to find it because everyone's saying, "Come on, man, hurry up out there." Yeah, I think that's an important aspect of golf. A lot of people don't necessarily care how you play, but they care how fast you play. Fast you play. Let's keep yeah. it going. Let's drop keep it, it going. and hit another one. Yes, yeah. yes. And don't. One thing that drives me nuts is you see all four people. Over there in the woods or the rough or whatever it may be. No, one or two. The other two play. Two. You don't need yeah. all four. You don't need a search party. No, no, no. Yeah. I like the, yeah. I like the two and two. Yeah. The yeah. person who lost it needs a moral support and a little help. Need a little different angle. You might see the ball if it's kind of obscured yeah. or something. But the other two just like hit the going. shot. So when you finally find it or you drop one, you don't have to wait for three people to hit the ball. Right. Believe me, that'll drive me nuts. Yeah. Think, and after you like after you hit, go swap out with the person who's helping. Right. Keep it moving. I think you ought to have like a thirty second rule, and then you air horn the guy <laughs> or, or, or woman and say, "No, oh, you know, enough time, time." Exactly. Don't hit me with the air horn of shame. I'm dropping. I'm dropping. Keep going. Keep moving. I'm not, and I'm coming from the perspective of 10 years in the Los Angeles area where literally, no joke, no joke, six hours to play a round of golf. And wow. all our listeners who have come up from the Southern California area are now nodding their head saying, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Are and you they walking would send, or are you driving? No, you're, you're riding, but they send out fivesomes. And, and, it's oh. just, and there's so many people who uh, – who love to play golf and so few golf courses and they sent out fivesomes and you'd come on a tee and there'd be a group hitting a group waiting. And then you, so you'd be in the hole basically. And it'd be like every, every drive to San Diego or Ohio or something like get away from it a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do on a Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. You got me there. (laughs) But if you got six hours, of course, if it's two hours to get to Ohio or three, I just say that when a, a you know marshal comes out and says, "You guys got a problem out here?" I'm like, "Oh boy." <laughs> <laughs> well, these guys want to play through. If you don't do something, we're going to move you behind them. Okay, whatever you got to do. Yeah, I had a friend when uh, I was just learning in my 20s in Santa Barbara. I'd wrecked my knee, and I never played before that. And one thing he drilled into me early on: We're playing hurry up golf here. This isn't the PGA Tour. Right. I don't care who has <laughs> honors. You're ready to putt. I'm not ready to putt. Hit it. And no weekend amateur on the green should go to the opposite side of the hole and get down in a catcher's crouch. To oh, read yeah, the to green. read the break? No. To you read can't the break. read anyway? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'll let you do it behind your ball, but don't go to the other side of the hole and do it unless there's nobody around, then you can do whatever you want. 
and there's a five some or four some about yeah. 130 right. yards out. Right, waiting. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they're going. Yes. What are you guys doing up there? Right, get and you four, and you four going. putt and you four putt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. All right, Bowler, now that we fixed the sport of golf, let's fix the Utah Jazz. <laughs> is it as simple as getting Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley healthy and back on the floor? Because now yeah. it looks like they're scouted. And oh, yeah. The defenders on the other team are playing off guys who they don't think can shoot, and it turns out they're probably right. It's making it harder for guys to drive, and it just seems like there's no rhythm to the offense and everything's gummed up. Yeah, that was kind of the topic of the night after the game. Uh, Locke and I kind of are the last ones uh, to lock the door sometimes just talking. But I think there's a, a couple of things. Fatigue comes into play mentally, physically, both, really. I think with 70 games in and the way these games have come fast and furious, absolutely. And second, to your point, you're missing two all-stars. You miss your backcourt. You, you really couldn't pair up fairly last night. Uh, with a Damian Lillard and a C.J. McCollum, who are really, uh, we've watched them for years, and it's the same story. Game after game, you know, year after year, either one or both are on. They've, they've kind of shut down Dame in the first two games, if you want to say, you know, limiting him to 16 points, but he went off last night, so did C.J. McCollum. Uh, and it, it, it's, let's be honest, look, there's no excuses in the Jazz camp. I mean, that's what Quinn will always tell you in a post-game interview enough depth to play on. There's no time to be tired. Yeah, we've heard that. But, you know, we're at that point where you have two games left. And, you know, really, the Suns must be talking the same talk because they've lost two straight. They, by the way, lost to Golden State after the Jazz lost to to Steph Curry. And tonight, how crazy, they play uh, the Phoenix Suns, or pardon me, they play the Portland Trailblazers uh, like the Jazz did last night. Both teams have lost two in a row, so there's still a two-game spread with two to play. So, obviously, all eyes on it, what what Portland is going to be able to do against Phoenix. But I think to your other point, DJ, the scouting, it was talked about in the post game, and I think it's spot on that after a while, when you don't have Donovan and Mike, you basically know who the Jazz have and what the offense will be. And did you notice last night they left Trent Forrest, the rookie, all by himself multiple times mm-hmm. in the corner, and the shot wouldn't drop. And a lot of pressure for a young guy to say, okay, ball's in my hand, tight game, what are we going to do? And they just said, all right, if you're going to beat us, go do it. And, you know, look, Terry, Terry Stotts has been around a long time, but the, the game planning doesn't take a lot of thought. I mean, they know with Mike and Donovan out – who the Jazz are? They watch the Golden State game. They know how to how to do this, and I think that you know the team understands that too. Um, you frustrate Bogdanovich. You'd had eight straight games of twenty or more, but last night off they crowded the three point line. They were physical, uh, and also you know guard lines that have speed. Again, it goes back to the Jazz. Can you get back in transition? And I think all those things we just talked about have been a big part of you know where the Jazz been in the last. Well, it's been a month, man. Was it April sixteenth? What today is the thirteenth? So it's yeah, it's been it's been a month uh, since the Jazz have had Donovan. He's missed now fourteen. That's amazing, isn't it? When you break it down, fourteen. Mike's missed nine, and we'll see. We know that that Mitchell's not coming back until the postseason. Uh, Mike Conley, we've not heard uh, whether he returns to the final two games or one game to try to you know maybe knock the rust off a bit. 
So you just made a statement there that makes me wonder. You said we know that Donovan Mitchell's not returning until the postseason. So that gives me a line of encouragement that we do know he's returning for the postseason because I'm starting well, to Well, let's just say I, I should I should uh, say this, PK, and in your interviewing skills, yes, I've got a clarif- clarification, please. Um, <laughs> because we know he's going to be reevaluated, and the statement was that he would miss the remainder of the regular season. Now, all I can say is from my eyes last night prior uh, to the game, for the first time, I saw Donovan and Mike both on the floor. And to me, that's a huge step ahead in the sense of taking some shots, uh, you know, had your had your shoes on, your Don issue fours, whatever you may have, and Conley both around shooting. So that, to me, is a, is a direction, a step in the right direction. But again, to clarify, look, I know what you know, and that is the remainder of the season, which was now – it was three games, now two. They don't. They won't see Donovan. Uh, Mike Conley has not been put in that in that category or in that sentence. So again, his status is still unknown. But I think there has to be some hope. They're making progress. So when you say you saw him with the shoes on, you're talking about like 90 minutes or two hours before a game. They went yeah. out, got yeah. shots up, and we're moving right. a little bit enough, maybe to break a sweat, but not yes. anything crazy. Yes. Yeah, and I think again that's the that's the first step to say, look, if you can lace them up and get back and and just get some, you know, ease. There wasn't real hard work going on, but it's a step. And I've seen that. We've all seen it multiple times. How players have to, you know, work their way back into three on threes, the five on fives. But you get on the floor, you test it, you do break a sweat. And you know, I was just glad to see both players out of street clothes. Um, and that's to me is a positive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's 100% positive because that means they're the most definitely working toward the return when it counts the most, and that's uh, when the postseason gets started uh, next week. So that, that I think I asked you that last week or the week before. It's probably last week if you had seen that because that's uh, traditional when you go to the arena and you're there if it's a 7 o'clock start and you're there by 5 or so, that's when you see – rehab guys right. doing their thing and last week you said you hadn't so i'm glad you brought that up because i think that's a significant development yeah no i totally agree uh you know in my experience once you see a player in, in in a warm-up or you know at least shoes on and he's got the ball in his hand it's it's a good thing it's a positive thing Who, who's missed a month of the season and, and mike's been over two weeks so you know, the Jazz have a plan. They're going to try to hold on to this one seed. The two games on the road starts tomorrow night, uh, you know, in Oklahoma City. And then you play Sacramento, who actually has played fairly well of late. But again, you know, on paper, you would say to yourself, well, both these teams have nothing to play for. I get it. But it's the NBA, first and foremost. There's still some pride, second, and also third, and maybe the most important, players and agents understand this is the time to show that you still have well, the want and desire, and also if a contract needs to be signed or you're, as Jerry Sloan always says, said, uh, you're auditioning for 29 other teams around the league. So that always plays in. And you have to be prepared because, look, every team's been stung before, but this is not the time to get, to get stung. Uh, I can't tell you who the Jazz will play in the first round. I'm still looking at the math, and it's an amazing run to the finish. I, I, I'm guessing fans like it. Players may not, but a lot of fans are still engaged. 
in what's going on here with this playoff. It's the same in the East, but man, you've got the Blazers and Mavericks five six. Uh, the Lakers bailed out last night and and barely beat Houston. By the way, so they still stay at the seven, and Golden State may just be at the eight along with well, Memphis is a game a half a game out. So you could maybe see a flip there at eight and nine, but the play-in games will still be really intriguing to see how this works out um, and who the Jazz actually have in round one. If they can hang on to the one seed, obviously, obviously it's one eight. If the Lakers stay at seven, how about that Phoenix Lakers matchup? I mean, that's there's gonna be a couple of good teams that are knocked out in round one. I'm just curious how much the one seed really matters. I get you want it, and it's it's yeah. certainly symbolic, and it sounds good, and you've had it for so long you don't want to give it away. So that's right. all there. But I'm just not convinced the Jazz and Suns are going to meet in the conference finals, so it's not going to matter who has home court advantage. Maybe it's more important for which side of the bracket you go in and which teams are there, but we still don't know which we side know. the Lakers are going to go in. It looks like the Clippers, you know, if the Jazz are one, the Clippers and Suns go to the other side, and maybe the Lakers go with them. So that would seem, that would seem to be the reason to root for the one right now. I mean, yeah. the, the Suns are not rolling into the playoffs here. No, great. no, they lost two straight. I'm looking at the Clippers, who have a game lead on Denver, and then you have the, the Portland Trailblazers have the tiebreaker on Dallas, but still sitting at five and six even. Uh, record-wise, so pardon me, even for the Clippers, guys, you don't even know who your number six opponent is. The Lakers could actually, you know, jump uh, past Dallas, but, you know, that's what's so intriguing. You may not know until Sunday afternoon exactly, you know, how the the top six will be, and then, of course, the play-in games are still being jockeyed for seven, eight, nine, and ten, and then what are those matchups, right, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? So I don't know. I, I kind of find it intriguing. Others, I, I, you know, I heard said, look, you ought to just play the 72 games and and say, hey, one through eight, go. But I think the league's just trying to keep teams honest, keep players on the floor, do what they do is entertain the fans, and the money you pay for a ticket is part of the equation here. So it's kind of intriguing to see it, see it in action as it was last year in the bubble. And, you know, I remember Damian Lillard last year said, look, man, if I don't have a chance to get in the playoffs, forget it. You know what happened? He was the MVP in the bubble last year. And, you know, the play-in games, you know, I thought were pretty intriguing. We'll see if it sticks. But I think for right now, the NBA is pretty much sold on it. I'm actually looking forward to the actual games more so. This thing is kind of dragging on a little bit, like the end of a regular season tends to do. And I agree that there's been more of an emphasis and an added uh, incentive and all that, but it's the games themselves when we get to Tuesday night that I'm looking forward to turning on the television yeah. because this is it's still in its baby stages, even though it was there last year, to where, to me, it's still fresh. So when they get out on the floor and play the game, that, to me, is the most intriguing of the whole deal. Other part of it, too, PK, is that the bubble had no fans. Now, as they begin to trickle back in, what does the home court really mean, right? Uh, that was something that was talked about in depth last year as the, these these teams just had to play one another and basically silence. Yeah, you had some virtual fans tuned in, but 
you know, it's still not the same of having, you know, your, the emotion of the moment. And we'll see how that plays out, too. And, and these play-in games and in the postseason, the Jazz – I tell you, the last two or three home games since they've opened it, opened it up another thousand or so, you can I can tell the difference in just the energy in the building. And it was a little flat last night because I don't think the Jazz. Well, I know the Jazz never found that rhythm, that um, it's kind of their ID of working working the pass, the extra pass. Uh, they had trouble with some physicality of of the defense of Portland last night and. You know, Bogey had a rough one after playing incredibly well and was is a reigning player of the week in the NBA. But, uh, you know, Bogey gets stuffed a bit, and Joe, I thought, did all he could. I'm just looking here. You know, he's been running the show. He had 14 last night. But, you know, Royce is more of a defender. He was worn out just trying to slow down the backcourt of Lillard and McCollum. And uh, Gobert, of course, had his own one-on-one with Nurkic last night, but Carmelo, I thought, was a difference maker. You know, he's going to be, what, 30, 37 in a couple of weeks. And he, uh, I thought he hurt the Jazz in a big way coming off the bench. He looked fresh. He didn't play uh, the game prior against Houston. And he, you could tell he, he, he was fresh and, and looked, looked like uh, he had turned the clock back a bit. Bowler, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. Well, I'm glad to warm up the stage, tell Joe to take the mic, and, uh, you know, Let's, let's hear it. I'll be tuning in. Well, we gotta we gotta sell some uh, prime rib here uh, in between. We can't rush right into the next show. You know how it is. The house uh, has yeah. Make some money. Gotta make some money. Sell some food. Well, sell some drinks. That kind of stuff. Tell Joe play on, and um, hit that three. No. Okay. We're actually going to tell him to play through. <laughs> play through. <laughs> Wrap it all up. Wrap there it up, is. man. Let's go. <laughs> Play through. These guys want to – come on, man. You're slowing us down. Yeah. They'll say, one. Hit it. Joe, Thanks, Bowler. Does Joe play golf? Does Joe play golf? I don't think he does. No, I, I brought it does. up to him one time. Okay. Well, maybe he's smarter than we all are. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Hey, see ya. Thanks, Bowler. Yep. All right, Joe Ingles coming up in about 15 minutes here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. I got something for next segment when we come back. If you want to feel old, I got the perfect recipe. Well, nobody wants to feel old. But you can't help it. All right. Now, what are you talking about? When I was 15, I couldn't wait to be 16. Yeah, but we're not talking to 15-year-olds. <laughs> well, you said nobody. We're talking to a lot of people in their 30s who don't want to be in their 40s, people in their 40s who don't want to be in their 50s, and so on. I All feel right. like D- I'm in my 20s. DJ PK. Uh, PK is going to make everyone feel old, so that's a heck of a tease. We'll do that next. Stay with us.